We welcome you to the ADHD Smarter Parenting Podcast. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Siope Kinikini. Hey everyone, welcome to the Smarter Parenting Podcast. My name is Siope. Thank you for joining me. It's been a while since I've been on the podcast and uh, I'm glad to be back. Uh, grateful for Kimber for uh, sharing so much information about love languages in the past few podcasts as well as additional information that have has really been helpful for a lot of families. So today we are going to be talking about a very specific topic. It's called choice paralysis. And choice paralysis is something that a lot of children with ADHD struggle with. A lot of adults with ADHD struggle with as well. So I am, during this podcast, going to explain what choice paralysis is, what you can do to help your child overcome choice paralysis, and then the skill that I want you to use, which is the skill of sodas or decision-making. So in using that skill, we're going to make some slight alterations in order to help your child better work through uh, how to overcome choice paralysis. Now, this is a very common thing, especially with younger children, And a lot of parents misplace what they see their child doing as being lazy or just not following through or not listening. But often choice paralysis is something that has set in. And so with some slight alterations in the way that you parent and communicate with your child, you should be able to help your child make better choices and follow through with instructions a lot better. This conversation started during a parenting coaching session. And the mother, her name is Alicia, has an 11-year-old son who struggles in the morning to get things done. And she really has a time crunch. She needs to be out of the house at a certain time. And her son, McKay, just takes his time. He's, he's 11 years old. He d- has no concept that he needs to hurry. According to her, she feels like he's lazy, um, that he disregards all the instructions that he needs to do. And so, as we started to delve deeper and talk about McKay's behavior throughout the day and throughout school, I started to notice a pattern. And the pattern was his inability to make choices. Now, choice paralysis is exactly that. You are paralyzed from making choices. And sometimes when children have too many choices, it's very difficult for them to choose one. So, choice paralysis requires someone to have direct sustained attention to the task at hand. And with children with ADHD, that can be overwhelming, you know. And so, what we started to do with Alicia is outline the daily schedule. We looked at what was happening in the morning, how they were preparing for the day, what they were doing the night before to prepare for the day, and then all the other choices that uh, her child was facing during the day. Now, she reported that in the morning it started, he would just struggle to make decisions. He would often ask questions or he would just sit there and try and avoid conversation completely. And it was like trying to pull teeth to get him to move. And she noticed that things got worse during the day and finally at the end of the day. Granted, at 11 years old, children tend to be a lot more self-motivated to do things, especially things they're interested in. But with McKay, he would come home, sit on the couch. When asked to do something or, uh, you know, complete a task, he just struggled. 
with that and tried to shut the world out. So, some common themes in the way that he responds to uh, requests or instructions to do things. Now, as I was speaking with Alicia about choice paralysis and her son, McKay, what I wanted her to do is I wanted her to be able to break down the day and break down all the choices he has to make. Now, I want you to think about this. We, as parents, make a lot of choices, and we can sometimes feel like we're in choice paralysis, too. We have just too many things going on. It's overwhelming, too many choices, and yet we want to streamline our day, which is why, for me, uh, in order to overcome some of the choice paralysis, I need to make a list in the morning of the day, and I go and follow the list. So, in the morning, I wake up. You know, I, I'm happy to get up and um, say things that I'm grateful for to kind of get me in the right mood. And then I will make a list. These are the tasks that I feel I need to do today that need to get finished. Now, if I know I'm going to be struggling in the morning, I sometimes will make that list the night before. Okay. And just kind of keep that on hand so I can just wake up and get up and go. So, it's important for uh, sometimes to remove some of the choices that our children are making because there may be too many. You know, if we are to look at a bag of Skittles, for example, and offer what color do you want? You know, for a lot of us as parents, we're like, it doesn't matter because they're, they're Skittles, who cares? But for a child, they may carefully sit down and try and decide what is the best Skittle to choose. Is it the red one? Is it the purple one? Is it the yellow one? And then after a while, they're just like, I'm just so exhausted from this. I'm not going to make a choice. Uh, choice paralysis also shows up in school, believe it or not, when children sometimes won't complete their tests. I had this issue when I was much younger. I was scared of making the wrong choice. And then I'd be overwhelmed and I just wouldn't finish the test. Be aware, like multiple choice sometimes is a killer for me, you know. Uh, have me write down the answer, an essay, uh, great. Have me do multiple choice. After a while of seeing A, B, C, D, and then E, which is all of the above, I'm going to do what's easiest and what requires less mental brain power to do. So, yeah, checked up. Uh, I checked off a lot of those, you know, all of the above. I checked those off fairly quickly because I thought, mm, well, at least one of these is right, and I kind of got it right. So, just be aware. Now, after Alicia outlined what was happening during the day, we started to focus in on external things in the environment that would cause her son, McKay, to struggle in making decisions. So, exhaustion is one. Heat, believe it or not, can be another one. If a child is, has a lot of discomfort because it's too hot or too cold, it may distract them from being able to make a good choice. Uh, pressures, outside pressure, so time pressure to do a task. Uh, having too many choices. Um, you know, the expectations of like five different people can be very, very difficult where they're trying to please their teacher, their parents, their uh, grandparents, and they might have slightly different expectations for the child. That can be very difficult for a child. And then sometimes just sensory overload, too, too loud of music, the TV's blaring in the background while they're trying to do their studies. It can really affect the way a child makes decisions. 
So, as we went through the list of the day, we looked at all of those environmental contributors that cause choice paralysis in her son. Now, what can you do to help? You can start by adjusting what you can in the environment to make things a lot less stressful or a lot less consuming as far as attention for her son. So, instead of having music in the background or even the television in the background while he studies, don't have that, you know, have it quiet in a place that has the least amount of uh, distractions. So, no phone in the area. And he's studying if he's on the computer, being sure that it's limited to what he can do and uh, keeping an eye on that. So, he's not looking at multiple YouTube videos, which is often a black hole for a lot of kids. Uh, Being sure that he's not too tired or exhausted. So, maybe fixing him a snack, uh, getting him re-energized, having him do some stretches beforehand. Those types of things can help him become more in tune with his body, and it can also help him regenerate some energy and focus in what he's doing. So, those things are very helpful. The other part is removing additional choices that may be difficult for your child to make. Now, at 11 years old, a lot of parents may think, well, he should be able to just make choices. He's 11. I mean, we need to just have him deal with all the choices he has to do. I want you to take into consideration that during 2020, during the pandemic, and since then, a lot of the choices that we've had to make were limited. Uh, We had homeschooling. They were stuck at home. um, Nothing was happening. And so, we removed a lot of those things that where they had to make decisions. And if we look at McKay, when he was nine years old, from the age of 9 to 10 to 11, he's kind of learned this, this space of being, well, decisions are made for me, and it's difficult to now step into this role and have all these expectations thrown on me. And even though age-wise and developmentally, we as adults feel like, hey, he should be able to do this, he may still be struggling and may be stuck in learning how to divide all the tasks or all the things that he needs to do. So, keep that in mind. Your child may be 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 years old, but if they have consistently um, been in an environment that has been highly restrictive, for example, where choices were made for them, it may be a lot more difficult for them to start to make a lot of choices. So, this is a gradual process. You're going to eliminate additional choices that your child is going to struggle with, and then slowly add them back. So, what this might look like for Alicia and for McKay is that Alicia will have him choose what clothes to wear, but not give him, like, look in your closet for five different pairs of pants. She's going to actually pull two pairs of pants out, put them on the bed, and say, okay, which one do you want to wear tomorrow? And then have him choose, and then choose two shirts that go with the pants and say, okay, which one do you want to wear tomorrow? Then have him make those choices. Now, a child may be completely overwhelmed even with those choices. And sometimes, you know, you doing it initially will be helpful for them. And again, this is kind of a pandemic uh, issue that I have seen cropped up, that there has been a lot of 
developmental things that children have struggled through during the pandemic that they're learning now as things are opening up and they're making more decisions. So, just be patient and evaluate where your child is with a lot of forgiveness and a lot of love. So, with Alicia, the idea was to place only two options for her child, but to do them at a time that is more calm and more neutral. Now, during this whole process, we are using the skill of decision-making or the SOTAS method. And the way that the SOTAS method works is SOTAS is an acronym for those of you who are new to the podcast. Each of the letters stand for something else. So the first S stands for situation. So defining what is the situation. My child won't get up in the morning and get going. What are your options? Now, for adults, we want to list down three options. Here are the options that we have. We can yell at him until he wakes up and gets moving. We can just let him sleep in and face the consequences, and I'll be irate the rest of the day. Or we can, um, you know, try and help him figure out some some ways to work through it. Now, after you find what the options are, because it's S-O-D-A-S, you are going to look at the disadvantages. That's what the D in SOTA stands for. So, in the disadvantages, you go to each of the options and list down what are the disadvantages to each of those options. After you list down the disadvantages, you want to look at the advantages. That's the next A. So, S-O-D-A-S. Once you look at the disadvantages and the advantages, and you weigh the pros and cons, you will become with a solution. And that is the solution that you want to try. Now, test it and try that solution and see if things work. And if that works, that's great. If not, then you want to pull out another soda sheet and rework it. So, this allows a lot of freedom for you to make some choices. Now, this is for parents in order to help them make decisions. And I highly recommend that you use this in front of your child so they can see how you make decisions. When they know that you make decisions by weighing options, the disadvantages and the advantages, they're more likely to understand, hey, okay, when I'm confronted with options, I have to look at what are the disadvantages and the advantages. The advantage of using the SOTAS method, because it's something that's written down, is that it makes all the steps to making decisions very clear. And at the end of it, whatever your values are, that's the solution because you are going to choose the one that has the best advantage and the least disadvantage. So it's a wonderful skill for parents to have. I highly recommend that they use it with, in front of their children as well as with their children in making decisions. Uh, so with Alicia, I wanted her to sit down and, and, and do this with her son, with McKay, about the morning routine and about things that he needs to do when he returns home from school. And this was an assignment that I gave the first week that we were doing coaching. And when I met up with Alicia, she said, you know, that actually helped a lot because he was able to see I wasn't nitpicking, but that there were disadvantages to him not getting up and getting going. So, during that first week, after Alicia did a sodas about what was happening and having him understand how she's making decisions, they started to make some decisions and use the sodas method with McKay. 
Now, because McKay is struggling with choice paralysis, instead of using three options, we want to focus on two options initially. Now, this is going to change because we want to increase it to three. Three is the best number because it makes things a lot more flexible and it also teaches children that there are a lot of different options, not just this and this. So it keeps them from black and white thinking, from strict this or that. But in this instance, we are going to start with two options that he can choose from in a given situation. So Alicia and McKay worked through that in the morning routine. They were working through, okay, uh, you have to get up and get ready for school. Making decisions on what to wear is a struggle. So let's do that the night before. I will lay out two pairs of pants. You choose the one you want. Two shirts. You choose the one you want. And we will uh, have that ready for you when you wake up. Now, when McKay wakes up and he is able to put on the clothing that was already pre-decided, and again, there's no mental energy being expended for him or no choice paralysis involved, that makes it a lot easier for mom to praise him for his positive behavior. So she's able to say, great job, great job putting your clothes on, on time. This helps us meet our schedule. And, and this praise will help him continue that positive behavior. It also sets the tone for the day for him to be able to do things well and help him along the path and help him throughout the day. So as Alicia and I were discussing this and working through this, and she was working with this with McKay during the first week, the second time we met during a coaching session, she realized that she can also eliminate a lot more choices throughout the day. Uh, instead of offering him two snacks, just lay out one snack and say, this is the snack for this afternoon, you know, enjoy. And if he didn't want that, he didn't have to have it. That was the choice. Eat this or, you know, wait for dinner. And that way, uh, she is allowing him not to just rummage through the pantry or trying to figure out what to make or trying to please him, but actually just laying down very specific things that can be done. As we progressed in the coaching sessions, I asked Alicia to start expanding it to more choices as McKay was becoming more comfortable with the overall progress that he's making. Now, remember, we can get into a comfort zone where we're very comfortable with what's happening. But the goal is to push our children so they can become more independent as they grow older. And they need to make these choices as adults. So we are going to expand it to three options when he's doing a sodas or decision-making skill. And you can find a printable on that on our website at www.smarterparenting.com under decision-making. So have him work through it, fill it out, uh, make some decisions, and then bring it to his mom as they work through it. So it's a slow process, but it's a very, very effective process in order to help children who struggle with choice paralysis, especially children with ADHD who struggle with choice paralysis. I know that if I knew how to do this when I was younger, I would have really, really benefited from being able to make better choices and getting a lot more done. Uh, but I struggled. I struggled for a while until I found a system that worked for me. Now, um, I, I highly suggested to Alicia to have McKay make a list as well 
of tasks that he wants to do during the day and whatever they may be. And that way he can stay focused on those specific things. To do that the night before is even more helpful because um, that will keep him from expending a lot of battery or mind uh, bandwidth in trying to decide what to do and being worried if the choice that they're making is right or wrong. All right. So during this podcast, we've talked about choice paralysis with children who struggle with ADHD. I've talked about what it is, uh, what you can do to help, and the skill of decision making in order to help you as a parent and your child work through this difficult um, situation. And believe me, it is a difficult situation. So we're, we're taking baby steps initially, even though McKay's 11. And again, a lot of parents have this assumption, well, he's 11, and they assign that they're mature enough to do things. Kids are not all the same. And so at 11, some kids may need additional help in one area where other kids function just fine. So it's not about, hey, this is, you know, too out there and they just should grow up and figure it out. But it's where is my child? Where can I meet them? And how can I help them progress and move forward? guide them along the way in a positive way that is beneficial to our relationship. Alicia did report that the yelling and the arguing in the morning started to slow down. It took a while for things to settle in, but as she started to make these um, choices with her son and start to eliminate all these additional decisions he had to make throughout the day, things became a lot easier for him. And what a blessing. What a blessing. So, we've covered those three things. You can find more on the decision-making skill on the Smarter Parenting website, on our website. I want you to also use it for yourself. I know a lot of adults during the pandemic have struggled with what to do now because we've had so many decisions made for us during 2020 and part of 2021 that making decisions, you know, career move, you can, you can do a decision-making um, skill sheet about that. It's a printable. It's free. You can print it. You can write down what the situation is, what the options are, disadvantages, advantages, and the solution, and then work through it through the process. I've had parents use the decision making and sodas worksheet with uh, consequences as well. So, and they work with it with their child present. So they say, here's the situation. You broke the rule. Here are my options. You know, I have to remove some game time. Uh, you can do an extra chore or I can let you get away with it. And then in front of their child, they list down the disadvantages, then the advantages, and then they come up with a solution and they say, see, this is how I make decisions. It's very structured and it follows my own values. And this helps the child see yeah, okay, they're just not making stuff up. They actually have a process for what they want to accomplish. And these are the steps that they are using to get there. So highly, highly effective. Use it with your kids. Use it yourself. Uh, always model it for your children. Always use it in front of them. This is a very, very helpful skill for you to use. So that's it for me this week. Trace paralysis. We can overcome it, believe it or not. And with time, kids will be able to function and find a system that works really best for them. That's it for me for this week. I hope you have a great week and I'll see you again next time.